0: I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChumpaCasino.com. Welcome to the family.
1: VDW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Hello and welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex, associate editor and film writer at Deadline Hollywood. This is episode part two of the dual episodes that I have today. I spoke to Abby Ajayi, who is showrunner, writer, and director of Prime Limited Series Riches. And now, this episode, I am talking to Dana Lynn North. And she is the co creator and executive producer, or one of the executive producers on The Best Man, Final Chapters. These two women, Abby and, and Dana, are, like I talked about in the previous episode, it's is really inspirational, and they are doing great work in terms of creating characters that speak to the Black experience, to Black womanhood, and their writing is just, really really solid and everybody's kind of been expecting this best man final chapter adaptation the best man is probably one of the most popular f- films in general and if you want to say within the black, the black diaspora it's, it's a film that connected with so many people and really solidified the careers of a lot of actors and returning for the series is Morris Chestnut, Melissa DeSouza, Tay Diggs, Regina Hall, Terrence Howard, Sanaa Lathan, Nia Long, and Harold Perrineau. Now, in the series, it's like, you know, as the relationships evolve and past grievances resurface uh, and, you know, the unpredictable stages of the midlife crisis, You can also meet a midlife renaissance, so to speak. And the show premiered on Peacock on December 22nd, 2022. Now, Dana Lynn has a lot. She has a huge, huge resume. But recently, she just signed a two year overall deal with Sony Pictures Television under her Loud Sis Productions banner. And under the terms of this deal, she'll get to create, develop, write, produce, and supervise comedies and dramas across all platforms. Dana is currently in development with writer-director Morgan Cooper and Gabrielle Union's I'll Have Another Productions on a half-hour comedy titled Black Coffee. Now, if her name sounds familiar, it's because Dana was a writer and executive producer on the first three seasons of Insecure, which stars the homie Issa Rae. Now, Prior to that, she was a showrunner and co-executive producer on VH1's Single Ladies. And during that time, she was also the co-executive producer on the ABC family drama Lincoln Heights, which I loved, another show which I really, really, really enjoyed. And believe it or not, she was also a writer and producer on the first two seasons of Veronica Mars. And I knew that her name had sounded familiar when, you know, the announcements went out about the first man and then when I saw Veronica Mars, I was like, oh, snap. Yep, that's that's her. This Her resume is crazy and it is going to continue to grow and change and evolve. And I'm so looking forward to seeing what Miss North does next. Now, on this episode, we get into the nitty gritty of show running. And also she talks about what it's like to bring such a large cast of A-listers and busy actors back together for this type of reunion. And she also talks about what it's like working with Malcolm D Lee, who is the film franchise's sort of godfather. He was sort of spearheading these best man films that came out, you know, in the early aughts, so to speak. And, They had a really wonderful partnership and collaboration while working on this limited series to bring the stories home of these beloved characters. And so with that said, I'm going to be quiet and let's get into the conversation. Thank you, Dana, so much for for being on the Scene to Scene podcast. You are doing something huge. You are like reviving like a moment in Black history that is Mm -hmm. so Black cinematic history. But I like to say Black history because anything to do with the best man has become a part of the culture. You know what I'm saying? So um, you are co-showrunner. You are doing so many things on this show. Like how does it feel to be bringing it back? you know, in sort of like a finite way? you know, mm, limited a yeah. limited series. So yes, you know, it's a different medium,
0: yeah, right. A new medium. And, you know, um we think of it. I think of adapting this franchise, this this, as you're saying, this iconic, you know, piece of of black culture this franchise adapting it for tv with malcolm is it's a continuation right mm-hmm. and it's an it's an honor to to be able to go from um a passionate fan in the stands you know and it's like it's like patrick mahomes looking up and saying hey you want to come down and join us on the field yeah right. i don't want to come down you know what i mean it's like that and so um it's amazing it's really amazing and it's a it's a responsibility and an honor and a blast and all the things you might imagine, but yeah, I think of it as you know, in an era where where we like to reboot things. The beautiful thing about it is that it's a continuation, right? Mm-hmm. It is a continuation. And yes, we are calling it the final chapters for a reason. But it's really exciting to be to say let's let's catch up to these characters that we have grown to love, that we feel like we know well. Mm-hmm. Um, we know some of their story, so let's find out like we do with old friends. It's that we haven't maybe talked to in a while. What are you up to now? What's life been doing to you lately? Because it's been doing a lot to all of us. So what's right. it been doing? Right. What's it been doing with to you all? And how are you all handling it? And and what are the challenges you all are facing at this point in your lives? And so that's like how that's, you know, how we are looking at it
1: how do you get all of those people back together like <laughs> what was that like different schedules different career paths everybody's yeah. Doing different yeah and it's like you approach them it's like
0: yo we're about to go do this one more time are you in you know what here's the thing the the reason you get all of them back together with their because it is a collection right of the iconic black actors of the last 20 years the mm-hmm. reason that we're able to get them back together and is because they love each other is because mm-hmm. and I'm, and that's not hyperbolic at all. That's not is real. Because think about it. If they didn't want to do this with each other and if they if they love each other and because this franchise is is meaningful to them. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Because for them to all feel like, you know what? We should get the band back together one more time. We've all gone off and gone solo, and we all have amazing solo careers and can and carry shows and carry features on our own. But it's fun, we have fun as a band. We mm-hmm. have fun, we have enough fun as an ensemble, and we love each other as an ensemble. So let's come back and be an ensemble, you know? And there's that's no small thing. And that's why I'm saying if it weren't for that, if it weren't for the love and respect they have for each other and for Malcolm and for the franchise, right? It's not possible because there is no amount of whatever, right? Of money or perks or promises, or this is what your trailer gonna look like. None of that really matters if they didn't wanna play with each other again and wanna play in this world again, right? And so that's the piece that is, I think is really cool and was as the newcomer to the franchise, Mm -hmm. you know, right? As we are taking it into series, um you know as a veteran in series but a newcomer to I'm stepping into this world right they've been a family since 1990 whatever mm-hmm. and so it's really cool to see like oh wow that's how much you all love and care for and respect mm-hmm. this franchise and know what it means to the people mm-hmm. and so that's how, like literally you're right logistically of course it was the thing of like okay Tay is shooting uh all-american until this time and Mm. then and hopping on the phone with inkeche and being like inkeche girl um so just you know (laughs) how you how you how you doing i know it's been yeah yeah we should catch up also uh you know are we are we gonna be cool with and of course inkeche is like yeah girl black we want we both are in that like want black women showrunners to win and creators Mm -hmm. like inkeche got a whole empire and it's beautiful and so i called her and was like What do you think? How can we make this work? She was like, of course we can make it work. I want to, I love this franchise. I want to see y'all win. It's going to be a juggle. You know what I mean? But Mm -hmm. but that's the the beautiful stuff that people also don't know is that like black women, our sisterhood behind the scenes of saying hey, we know he's you know in first position on your show. All those logistics are beautiful and all that has to happen too. And all of us getting being in enough positions in the industry that we can now call each other like Spielberg and Lucas used to call each other mm-hmm. back in the 80s. Black women can now call each other and be like, hey girl, thank you so much for your support because I know it's going to be your first AD on your series. It's going to have to work with our first AD on our series so that Tay can fly back and forth. Just one example, you know what I mean? So it takes... Yes, it takes those kind of logistics and, and us supporting each other in that beautiful sisterhood way that's that's exciting. And it also takes the cast wanting to come back together again.
1: And you said something really interesting that I think a lot of people tend to forget. People attach themselves to projects because they like people, yep. you know? Of course, people attach themselves to things because they like the scripts and dialogues and story. But you can have all of that, you know, and not, And not not be enough. Right. And it not be enough. So, you know, for such a big ensemble like this to be like, yeah, everybody kind of just, you know, stopping what they're doing and coming back for this sort of reunion. It says a lot about the content, the impact and the people. Um, Yes. Yes. So I know you talked a lot about like logistically how to get people together, but how was it when you sat down and was like, we're going to do this. We're going to we're bringing it back. And this is how we're going to do it. Why the best man? Why not something else? You know, why a television series? Why not another
0: film? You know,
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, Malcolm as the as the originator of this franchise and these characters, I think he did at one point think about, you know, do I wanna do a third, right, installment mm-hmm. of a feature? I'm definitely, he thought about that and, and started to go down that road years ago at some point, right, mm-hmm. after some time after Holiday, which was in like 2014 after Bestman Holiday, I think he started to go down that road. But then, you know, by the time he reached out and asked to meet with me, I think he realized like in the era that we're in, you know, it's been fun to watch TV and series television become the cool kid on the block and the recognition that when you do something like a streaming series, you have the time to explore characters. This is an ensemble of eight now, you know, after the, losing their dear Mia in Best Man Holiday, mm-hmm. you now have eight amazing characters that that you want to explore and see like what's going on in each of their worlds. And I think for him, the opportunity that series allows to go into their journeys a little bit more, you know? And so, but when he reached out to me, you know, um, to develop it for a serious television, that was one of the things we talked about was, you know, one of the things that was exciting to me is now we can have eight hours to really catch up to them, take each of them on this journey, right? And, and take each of them into a, an in-depth arc because much as I love the best man and the best man holiday and went to see it with my own college crew as I was telling him like, I could really, you know, I remember how fun it was to feel seen, you know, and feel like I got a, I got a group of friends and we got, you know, we get into mess and we love each other and all that. And it felt very cool. But I also remember feeling like the women at times kind of rode side saddle to the men in the best man in the films, but you have two hours to explore stuff and Malcolm intentionally wanted to write a a romantic comedy from a black male POV like that's what he set out to do that's what he did but if you bring it into series you have time to explore and allow all of the women's all of the journeys all the women's stories to really feel three-dimensional and so that's an example of the why series you know and in terms of the why now it's like Mm. it's exciting to catch up to characters like when you meet them they're kind of coming of age right they're just it's another example of coming of age you come of age and you know, in puberty, you kind of come of age again in your early 20s when you get out of college, right? And you're right. dumped into life and got to figure out life. And that's kind of when we catch up to them in The Best Man. And I feel like you come of age again, midlife for me. And that's why I love the phrase midlife metamorphosis because midlife doesn't have to just be about crisis. Midlife right. can be a whole lot of things.
1: Because you live several different lives, you know, during your age. I know I have. Talk about so it. I, 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 I love that. Seeing.
0: Yeah, you know what I mean? So for me, when when we started talking about what did it mean to adapt it for series and we're catching up to them 20-ish years later it's it's midlife but it's a it's a time of metamorphosis transformation of course there's crisis mixed in because metamorphosis is not easy right Mm -hmm. so you you go through all of those things right so there's joy and pain and discovery and loss and gaining something new there's all that right comes to me as a part of metamorphosis and Mm so It was exciting to think like we're catching up to them 20 years later, but they're coming of age again, which is relatable to everybody. And that's what, you know, that's really the story that we're telling is like, we're catching up to them. Now they got kids who, some of them, right, who are in high school and going through all that stuff. So then you have the kind of parallels of like, I'm at this point in my life, I'm going through stuff. My kids, you know, of course, you know how kids are. Kids don't know you're not the center of the world. So you have to deal with that, you know, and just... All of that was what was exciting. Like the opportunity to explore each character, catch up to where are you now? How do we challenge you now? You know, each of them, right? What's going on with Harper and his writing journey? What's going on with Lance since he lost Mia? What's going on though with with Candace? And like Mm -hmm. what's happening with her in this whole journey that she's gone on since we met her as Candy the stripper. And now Mm -hmm. she's Candace who's, you know, running these schools with her husband. So all of these things that we can, that we can explore in depth. That's what was exciting.
1: I find it really interesting the way that the black community sort of holds on to these particular stories, particularly, you know, romantic comedies. Um, I can name, you know, or, or just romantic stories in general that we hold so dear best man and the wood and love and basketball. And, you know, just so, so many of these different types of stories that we hold, True and dear, can you talk a little bit about how you've noticed the impact of best man and how its influence and sort of impact on the culture at large?
0: Mm, yeah, I mean, I and I agree with you, you know, completely in terms of how, especially. I was going to say, you know, in years past, and and I think even now, still with with the Wakanda Forevers and Woman mm-hmm. King and the way that we hold on, because I think throughout our history of, of having Black stories told and Black cinema, Black television, it's been so like, you know, sparse in terms mm-hmm. of us feeling like, right? There's something that where we feel like we're getting a whole meal, where mm-hmm. we feel like we're being represented in a three-dimensional way. And so I, I think, in my opinion, that's why we grasp so tightly onto an insecure or uh, a Black Panther or whatever it might be, Atlanta, whatever it might be, whatever genre, because it's like, ah, this is a, this is layered and I feel seen and I feel. and so with best man, I think that's what it was. Again, I, I you know, I talked to Malcolm when we first met about when I went to see it with my college crew of eight of us, ten of us, and remembering like, oh, I, I, there's a we have a black kind of nerdy awkward, you know, we feel like that sometimes. We feel like the the artsy one and we have the, the sometimes messy one that may not know that they're the messy one, but they sometimes are. you know, whatever those things might be, We have all of those. And so it's, I think when you feel seen in the way that, that some stories make you feel so seen. And when you feel like those things that, that good whole stories make you feel, you uh, you hold on to those. And I think the best man, when something makes you laugh, make you know, pulls on your heart uh does all of those things and it was kind of a dramedy before we had the word for dramedy the, you know the first best man was and i think the way it just came out the gates like now they're playing spades now they're getting in this messy fight now the, you know we have the love coming you know they come back together and the love prevails it's hitting all of those notes in such a real way i think it just um I, you know i think we like you said we hold tightly to those things because it's like ooh this is a a gem where it's rep- all of me feels represented in this, not just one piece of me, but all of me.
1: Wow, and it's it's true because I, you know, I remember, you know, going to see it with my sister, yeah, and you know, both of us sort of just reacting to this experience. You know, it it you know, and me and my friends, and then you go you take that experience into the community and you talk about it you relate yeah. to it and then it gets other yep. people talking and it gets other people going to the films and and i think mm-hmm. that that's the power of of cinema is that it creates conversation step into the
0: world of power loyalty
1: So now, going from like, you know, you were on Insecure and now you're a co showrunner. What does that entail? You know, a lot of people hear the word showrunner, showrunner, show, showrunner. Right. But no one, I don't think people know what showrunners actually do. So, mm-hmm. besides, <laughs> the, you know, the word showrunner is you're running a show. But what can you give us any specifics as to what that entails?
0: of course um so it's basically the it, it is like being the ceo and the coo at, um, of of you know an operation of a, of a huge company um is really what it is so it's the person who in this situation and you know and doing it in partnership with malcolm which by the way it's great to do it with a partner because it's a lot what it means is the person that keeps the trains on the tracks um, to get a show from concepts. So from the idea of, hey, let's, let's adapt the best man for television this time, all the way to the best man is streaming on Peacock on December 22nd. And I literally mean all the way to, right? So Malcolm and I are still, you know, um, interfacing right with marketing and approving things making decisions on working with the network on things so literally from concept all the way through when it is up on streaming on peacock you are making decisions and and so um it it is the person where there may be because sometimes the the creator of the show um and the person who came up with the idea may not have the experience of hiring writers knowing you know what you need Um, in a writer's room. So a a showrunner is the person that may also be like I am, may also be a co-developer of the show, right? But the showrunner is gonna be the person that has the experience of like, this is what we're looking for in television writers, right? This is the kind of experience. We know we wanna kind of do a dramedy with the best man the way it's always been in features. We want a dramedy in TV. So we want people that um, know how to find funny in in awkward and dramatic situations. Cause I think life is a dramedy. So dramedy is my favorite genre, right? And so we want writers who know they may have written on a drama, but it should have been a funny drama or they've written on a half hour comedy but it had heart and it had dramatic stuff to it. So looking for those kind of writers then knowing how to run a writer's room, understanding the process of we have X number of weeks and we have to go from ideas to uh eight scripts being written and that's as you can imagine that's a very specific structured process because we got to go from ideas these ideas are all great everyone has so many ideas tell me that story about that time you made a dumb decision okay that was beautiful okay we gotta we have so much we gotta get done we gotta get from ideas to outlines to scripts and we have this many weeks to do it and we gotta get like outlines in plus the rewrites scripts in plus the rewrites plus the network notes back and forth, back and forth. They like this. They didn't like that. Okay. you, You know, got managing it's managing. It's a management job. Right. And so, and as we can imagine, a lot of people who may have a lot of artistic talent may not have management skills. Those are two very different things. And that's the thing I think that is to your point, I think what's not often talked about is there are a lot of people who may like the idea of like, Creator showrunner, That sounds cool. Having my own show. That sounds cool. Management skills are what is required to achieve that. Do you have that? And like, you know, cause it's like, I want to write a show, you know, right. I want to see my name and credits and I want to write a show and I want to, all of those things all again, all sound great. Management skills though, that very specific practical thing is what is required. So you got to know how to manage a writer's room manage the right all the dynamics the personalities get the scripts in stay on literally stay on a schedule get all those scripts done then you go into prep and you've got to hire department heads for each department so I may not know how to run um, sound but I need to find a good sound designer who will then hire all those people I need to know what to look for need to know what to look for in production design right which means the the person who's going to design the set and all the people they have to hire. So I need to know how to find great department heads for each thing. So just imagine it's the set, it's the props, it's the sound, it's the camera, it's the construction. Um, And then hiring a person, there is what's called a line producer who helps oversee all of that because it is, even that's such a huge logistical thing. So I've got to then work with a producer that oversees all of the, uh, moving parts that—that that is the um, just the technical aspect of getting the show done. So there's all of that. Uh, then there's working with cast and, you know, the cast comes in and you're prepping and you're doing read-throughs. And again, it's all scheduled. Just, you know, you're hearing, right? Management, 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 management. That's really what the show running aspect of it is while still doing the creative aspect, which is the rewrites are still coming in. Um, studio and network may still be calling with like, you know, that scene, that we've still been talking about. We finally realized what it is we're looking for, which is either for you to cut it or whatever that is. Mm-hmm. And then there's budgets. Stop me anytime, but you get the idea. No, it's no, I had no idea. And, and
1: <laughs> I think, you know, people don't understand that showrunners wear so many hats and how stressful it can be. A lot of people think it sounds glamorous,
0: mm-hmm. you know,
1: but the work like you got to be a special type of person to be able to (laughs) do this without having a nervous breakdown or you know that you can still be that person and still have a nervous talk about it and talk about it no it's real (laughs) and i just thank you for that education because i don't think I've had anyone on the show break it down as as thoroughly as you did and I felt myself getting anxious like oh my god like woo. Mm-hmm. and you know it's just another mm-hmm. thing that I may not be
0: suited for so I can <laughs> move from that I can move off from that I, I, that's funny that's funny go ahead I was gonna, I was gonna, say, I was gonna know, add one no thing. go ahead go, go ahead, and ahead add more Uh, Well, because I wasn't going to add more about, I think, I think I properly gave people a sense of the, of the list, but no, you brought up something as a, as kind of a throwaway joke that is real though, which is in general, in this business, that is why it is important to have, what do you do to balance yourself out? You know what I mean? That's what. That's all I was gonna add, is um, it is important because it is stressful and it's stressful on a level that you, until you're in it, is hard to describe. I was kind of intentionally giving it that because that's real. Because what you were feeling for me, imagine what that's like when you're in it. Wow, And yeah. so, it, you know what I mean? So I just wanted to add that it is important um, and something that, again, I don't think is talked about enough, right? People will ask, how do I sell a show? How do I write, get my script here? How do I audition for this and get my music to that person? But like, as you ascend and even in success, it is important to think about how do you want to keep yourself grounded and balanced um, mentally, spiritually is, is very important. I just wanted to mention that.
1: Well, let's expand on that. How do you protect yourself from burnout?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, taking breaks, like taking moments, you know, when, when the best men wrapped production, um, fortunately, I had Jay Ellis's wedding uh, to attend mm-hmm. from Insecure, but then I stayed, Um, I you know, I stayed in Europe for a little bit to just have a moment of, of decompression. So finding moments, and obviously it doesn't have to be in Europe. It can be in your, in your back patio with some music and some tea. You don't have to decompress in big grand ways. It's important to mention that because I wasn't always in a place where I could decompress in Europe. Sometimes you can decompress in your kitchen with motion sounds on your eye. Right. You know, so it just, but being intentional about, decompressing because I was literally just playing ocean sounds in my kitchen. Mm-hmm. So little but literally being, um, finding ways to intentionally decompress is important and taking breaks between. And again, whether they're short or long, I think being intentional about taking rest time, um, and having some type of, I I call it a Uh, a mental and spiritual health squad. So whether you have a meditation teacher, whether it's your yoga, whether it's your, whatever that might be that, but that is intentional downtime for your mind, I think, and having some ongoing form of that, I think is important as well.
1: One of the biggest things that is so important. And that I always wonder is like, how, how are people taking care of their mental health in this? yeah um, you know as someone who you know deals with several like you know mental illnesses and things like that finding a way to sort of decompress and prevent yourself from burnout is essential to getting work done mm-hmm. like I can't work without going to sleep and 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 you know taking those breaks and having times time for myself you know mm-hmm. and and also I think a part of it is is knowing. <laughs> I don't want to say knowing your role. That's not a good way of saying it, but knowing what you can and cannot do, you know, saying no.
0: Yes. Saying uh, yes. Yes. You know? Yes.
1: Yes. Um, yep. If yep. somebody asked me to be a showrunner, I'd be like, hell no, I'm not qualified for that.
0: You got to find somebody who is. I'm not going
1: to yeah. 10, you know?
0: No, that's so real. I'm glad you brought that up because being, What you're speaking to is being honest and authentic with yourself about how, right? And saying no, whether it's that something might take, for me, it's like something might take me into overwhelm, even if I want to do it. Um, So it may be that I could do it, but it's going to put too many things on my plate. Mm -hmm. And I've made that mistake before and learned from that. So I try not to do that anymore. Or like you said, it may be shiny. It may sound amazing but am I the right person for it? Mm-hmm. Like that's, and that can be a hard thing to admit to ourselves, but imagine what it's gonna save. Like, you know, just trying to, you know, in the in the insecure room, we used to talk about like, do future you a favor, doing your future self a favor. And that, you know, so like, yeah, like it's um, just being honest with yourself in the moment, I think is really key. Like, is this gonna take me into overwhelm? Or is this, am I ready for this right now? And am I gonna potentially Do more harm than good to myself by trying to like Mm -hmm. jump in this right now because I, yeah, and those being honest with yourself, being honest with yourself.
1: And you mentioned something that's really important that I want to kind of expand on when you talk about being your full, authentic self. What has it been like as a woman, a Black woman who grew up in America, navigating this business and trying to maintain? Your full authentic self. Like I know working with Malcolm D. Lee is like you know, you know probably like working with a brother, like somebody that somebody that that knows and can identify with you. But what happens when you're outside of that? You know, how do you maintain the authenticity and honesty?
0: Mm-hmm. Such a great great question. And and also let's talk about um just in the big picture. It's like yes, I've been fortunate my whole. Not my most of my career, I have worked in a lot of, you know, just working backwards. There's Best Man with Malcolm, working on Insecure. I worked on Link, Lincoln Heights with uh, my mentor Kathleen McGee Anderson. Um, okay, um, <laughs> worked on worked on Soul Food with Kathleen. So I've been really fortunate that I the majority of my career has been honestly telling black stories from a black POV. That's the key, telling black stories from a black POV has been the majority of my career. So I've been blessed, fortunate, and been also intentional. It's been all of those things as far as the job they've taken. So that's been great. And I was gonna say, so also, as you said, as a black woman, even as as wonderful as it's been, and it has been to be with Malcolm in this partnership, he was, and I wanna say too, he was intentional, which I really appreciate. I know that he was intentional about wanting to have a black woman, as a partner, um, right? And as he took this franchise into series, because I know he was aware, you know, right? That there was an opportunity there to go deeper into the women's stories. But I just want to say, because you brought it up and, and were specific about it. There are times when as a black woman, even when your partner is a black man, there are those times when it's like, okay, Let's have a moment and talk about how we are seeing these things differently, <laughs> right? Right? <laughs> right. And so we had that those moments for sure on this show. And there, and there were many times when we had those moments in the room where they might have led in the writer's room, I mean, where they might have led to something great that ended up in the show because mm-hmm. we stopped down to have those moments. You know what right. I mean? So it goes, so I'm saying that to say it's been a journey, is the answer. Like it has been. It's been a lot, like there are times when it's been really, really, really beautiful. So for example, on Insecure, and I, I sent a note to Issa the other day because I, I texted her because I was like, I'm saying this, I'll, I wanna say this to you because I am saying it a lot, which is Insecure was a really beautiful moment of, of transformation for me because I was surrounded by so many black women you know, Prentice Penny, my friend from USC, brought me into that show. And between Prentice and Issa and the tone that they set, but the number of Black women that would just every day be like, You fly, those shoes are fire, you're mm. funny, da da da. And, and there's something that you don't even realize that happens to you when mm. you get to spend a number of years just being hyped by. Mm. Black woman doesn't for no for doesn't have to be for any good reason. sometimes it is, sometimes it, just because you showed up that day. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? There's just something, there was a beautiful fuel and a beautiful thing that happened that it almost took me stepping away to realize how transformational it was. Mm-hmm. And I'm speaking to that because as you can imagine, <laughs> being a black woman on this journey for uh, however many years, it's been a lot. It's definitely been a lot. Like, um, yeah, it's just uh it's lonely at times, it's uh, those times of realizing I'm feeling like me expressing, how do I express what I'm feeling? Do I check my anger in this moment? Do I have, you know, just those constant, the constant questions of like, you know, I, I, Janelle Monet, there's a clip where she was talking about it recently that I was watching, where it's like, I, they're, you know, I'm I am not only am I representing so many people, but like literally there are different people that are going to eat or not eat, depending on how I handle this moment. Right. You know what I mean? So all of that pressure, all of those things, all of those like, okay, this particular, you know, uh, um, microaggression, am I letting that one go today? How much again, that question of like, For the sake of my spirit, do I feel like dealing with that in this moment, letting that go? Is that going to serve me? You know, it's just that, right, that constant, like, what's going to serve me more? Is it going to be to tell this person about themselves and or not? Or just, Mm. you know what I mean? It's like the big levels, the, the small, medium, large of like of making decisions on a day-to-day basis not of course there's the like the stories I want to tell the fight to to tell those stories that's one thing then there's just showing up as my whole authentic self which is what I do I mean my company's called Loud Sis Productions for a reason like I don't know how to do anything else like I'm you know I mean I'm not good at just like go sit and go sit down and be quiet like that's Mm -hmm. not I'm not good at that and so and and I, I, but I am, I want to come into a situation being loving and having fun and with open arms. Like that is how I show up. If I need to switch into something else, I will do that, but that's not what I want to do, you know? And so it's, it's also making those decisions moment to moment of like, again, do I let this go? Do I address this? How is it, what's going to serve me? So it's a lot. It's a lot.
1: Um, I just got two more questions the other something that you said made me think of this question and what challenges that you can say that you and malcolm sort of dealt with and sort of um mitigated while trying to bring the show to fruition Mm
0: -hmm. you have
1: a lot on your shoulders already but then you have to deal with the setbacks and the challenges and things. yeah can you talk a little bit about
0: that yeah Sure. Um, let's see. Well, there were time one that's coming to mind, um, you know, and it's a it's a it's, it's a little bit of a spoiler just in the sense of like I I want everyone to get to experience, you know, what's in the show. So but what I will just say is I remember one thing that that struck me um, and I appreciate that we have a great relationship with the studio and network and one thing that they ultimately did do and i'm not saying this to be diplomatic i'm saying it honestly shout out to the fact that when we stood our ground you know um everyone honored the fact that like there was a position we held and right. that position was honored right mm-hmm. and so everyone will get to see that what we wanted to express will be you know will be seen on the 22nd but i remember um we wrote a, a scene that we that we wanted to express it's that's, that's just one of those again the show is black people living their black lives in this time that we're in and trying to kind of hold up a mirror to some different things. and we so we had a scene that we had written. we there was you know, it had been in scripts for a while because scripts go through a lot of phases. But mm-hmm. when we shot it, you know how it's one thing to read something on the page. When we shot the scene and and the dailies and the and the edits all started going through to you know to the studio and network i think the reaction once you see something that had already been shot but you um, have already been written you see it in your and i think it started to create feelings that mm. created nerves that people were like that you know the, the reaction was like oh um and i think you know there were just requests for for different things whether it was like reducing it or changing it or where should it go in the show and all these different things and i was very much like mm-hmm. like that's the whole point everything that everybody's feeling yeah. Like you, we feel uncomfortable sometimes things happen. Mm. Right. And it makes us uncomfortable. And so just those, those examples where I think that that was an it, because this is an interesting one to me because it's a more, it's a, it, it's, it's a more, what's the word, right. Kind of abstract, like, mm-hmm. right. It's, it's, we're, we're not in the era anymore. I shouldn't say that we're we're in an era that's less about kind of those big tone deaf, like, you know, do black people say that, you know, mm. it's not, it's not those big tone deaf things. It's not things like that that happen. It's those subtle sometimes things of like, well, now this is making us uncomfortable. Mm. It's like, yeah, exactly. Mm. <laughs> yep. Uh, you, you know what I mean? It's like yeah. kind of standing in like, yeah, like, so let's all, let's all live in that. Like, right. And the way that we live in that. And so, you know, I think that kind of thing, um, is,
1: you know, th- th- does that make sense? Am I making yes, sense? makes perfect sense. makes perfect okay. sense. You know, standing your yeah. ground is, 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 is very important and mm-hmm. some don't do it for whatever reason, you know, their reasons mm-hmm. are their own and valid and everything. But I yeah. imagine in this industry, standing up for oneself and keeping one's integrity is, is. The best thing you can do for your own mental health and sanity, um, we often have conversations about what it means to to sell out and what what that means. Does it mean selling yourself out for something, or mm. you know, you know, what does that mean? And so, I mean, that's another podcast episode altogether. But um, mm-hmm. I'll <laughs> for it. But go on. <laughs> I was going to say, but you you definitely bring up a a, a good point, and that you know. Standing for something that you want or something that tells a story or something that is specific to the culture is extremely important. And
0: I yeah. guess my last
1: question is, what can fans expect from the limited series uh, the best man final
0: chapter? Mm. um, I what they can expect is, I, you know, much like the franchise has always done, it is going to. It is going to reflect us. We're going to catch up to these characters and it's going to make us as audience. It's going to make us laugh. It's going to make us feel like, and I think it's going to make us feel like seen. Like that's, you know, for me, what was most important, there isn't any one thing that I want the audience to feel. I just want us to feel, you Mm -hmm. know, like again, the way that life does, we're going, we're all going through a lot right now. But, um, these characters are gonna be challenged. They're going to go through their there each of them are gonna go through their own sort of coming of age story. And I think um, I think it's gonna make the audience feel a lot. Some of the some of the for the fans of the franchise, some of the the moments and the relationships and the and the things that we know and love about the franchise will definitely be there. But I think it's also going to um, just make the audience feel in some really, beautiful and powerful ways, Um, yeah, and feel seen.
1: I am excited for this. You know, Mm -hmm. it's a part of of cinema lexicon. It's a part of the Black cinematic experience. And so I'm just really interested in because it's kind of unprecedented the way, you know, you got two movies and a limited series. You know, you don't usually do that. So I'm really curious to see how that comes out. And I like the idea of something new you know, doing something new with a franchise that we're so familiar with. So congratulations to you. Bravo to you and Malcolm uh, putting in the hard work and, you know, going to bat for the culture.
0: Thank you. I can't wait to hear from everybody on what they think of it. And doing something a little different was our goal. Like a little bit outside the box was our goal. So thank you so much. This was so wonderful. I love this conversation.
1: Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it.
0: Absolutely, my pleasure.